Do you remember your first time? Get your mind out of the gutter. We mean your first time watching Sex in the City with your girlfriends. Welcome back to Easier with a Friend, everyone. We're two friends who love to watch TV shows together and discuss them afterwards. We are your hosts, Chi and Elaine. And on this episode, we're discussing all things Sex and the City. If you haven't heard the news, it's returning to HBO Max as a follow-up series titled And Just Like That. We are just so excited about the show coming back on the air. Chi and I and a couple of our other friends used to get together every week to watch a few episodes of Sex and the City for Girls Night until we got through the whole series. And it is still one of our favorite shows. So today we wanted to talk about some of our favorite show moments and also thoughts about the new show and themes that we really identified with and loved about Sex and the City series. So just to kick it off, Chi, start with something simple. Who was your favorite character or characters on the series? I think for a lot of viewers, Carrie was the main character of the show and kind of made to be the most relatable. And so I think for me, what I love about her is the fashion. At the time, we were recent fashion school graduate, and it was relatable. And I mean, who would relate to all those beautiful clothes and dresses? And she was so put together. But I think if I were to be honest, I'm a little bit more Charlotte than I am Carrie. <laughs> and so even though I love Carrie and I aspire to be more like her in so many ways, I think I'm a little bit more Charlotte. What about you? Well, it doesn't really matter, I think, who you are. It's who you love, right? So you <laughs> love Carrie, but understand that you're maybe more Charlotte inside. And that's okay. I have a couple of favorite characters. When I first started watching the show, Samantha was my jam. And I'm not saying that I didn't love Samantha through the series. I did. But as I learned more about her and understood her better, I guess my view of her changed, which is what I love about the show, even to this day, that as it went on, the writers made very nuanced characters. Samantha wasn't just a one facet type of person. But one of my favorite things about Samantha right off the bat that I really identified with her with is her confidence. Yes. I felt like she projected, hey, I'm Samantha. This is the way I am. And if you don't like it, you can go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I felt like she was very power woman as in this is what she wants and she goes after it. And there's no apologies and no hesitation. And I've always been a pretty confident person myself. And I think that aspect of her really grabbed me. But again, if we're talking about people we're really like, I suppose I would be, I have some Samantha in me. I think the other part of me is probably a little Miranda. I think I'm a Samantha Miranda hybrid if we're talking about the characters we were like. But my other favorite character, one who I really, really love is Charlotte's husband, Harry. Oh, yeah. And I know he was not the most handsome character that they had dated, but after all these seasons of watching all the girls just go through bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship, I loved how much Harry loved Charlotte. Harry was the character that I think all women need on a show because 
a good relationship isn't based on looks. Harry doesn't have the looks, but he treats Charlotte right. I think that was the biggest thing. It annoyed me a lot watching the show and watching these girls suffer through relationships where they weren't treated right and they put up with it. But I think that's very realistic. I know a lot of women who suffer through relationships where they're not treated right until they find their Harry. And he just represented to me everything I wanted to find in a guy and a reminder that the outside really isn't everything. So those are probably my two most favorite Sex and the City characters. So Chi, what are some of the favorite things that you love about the show? Like themes that you like that they projected or talked about? I think the big theme of the show is friendship. It's interesting because like you said earlier, this was one of the series that we got together regularly to do girls night and watch the show aired in 98. And we didn't even start watching the show until it was already off the air, but it was our first show that we did as girls night with our friends. And how perfect is that? Because again, sex in a city for girlfriends And it really modeled in some ways, this amazing friendship, this sense that friendship is not just these people that you see or that you meet sometime, but it's family that you choose for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing something about this a little while ago that in the show, you never really get to see the family, the actual like mom and dad and relatives of the characters. But for almost every single major life event that you would imagine family would be there, the ladies were there for each other. It's still such a powerful and beautiful image when you see that poster and you see the four ladies standing there together as friends, as each other's support, always. Yes, I agree. I think that's one thing that the show really modeled well. And I know there's been some criticism in recent years about how the show really didn't age well, but... I think that that is the overwhelming theme that I think stands the test of time. I remember a quote from the show where Carrie said, it's hard to find people who will love you no matter what. I was lucky enough to find three of them. And I find that really relatable because that is how I feel about our lives Mm -hmm. is that things I might not even be able to tell my parents, I was always able to share with you guys. And that's another part of the show that I felt was really relatable to our lives together is that they didn't judge each other, Mm -hmm. no matter what they said to each other, no matter what was done, no matter what they did in their private lives, the women were always there for each other. And the thing is, I remember certain episodes where Carrie would call someone out for being judgmental because she would say, you're my friend and you're not supposed to judge me. And the other person would immediately recognize that, yes, I was wrong. I was judging you and friends don't do that. And those are all themes that I think really still resonate with me about the show and is one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite shows. I think that it taught us so much because we were really young when we started watching Sex and the City. We were pretty immature (laughs) people in our early 20s. We just weren't super experienced in dating and life and all of these different subjects, sex and things like that, that I think the show really busted open the doors for it to be okay to talk about certain subjects that in the 90s were taboo. 
I almost feel that the show paved the way for it to be open subject matter because in the 90s when the show was airing, it was not acceptable conversation necessarily between girlfriends. There was not things you necessarily shared with each other or got advice from uh, each other about. And I think that's things that the show taught us that, hey, you can really come to your friends with anything that you need to. That's the reason you have friends. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can speak for other female group of friends, but that definitely is true for our group of friends. We were, I would say, in the infancy of our friendship, even though we went through high school and college together, we were still learning how to be good friends to each other, learning to develop that relationship and watching the show and seeing how these characters could, like you said, talk to each other about anything, things that we would consider to be private yet they were so open and non-judgmental about discussing them. And it kind of taught us that, hey, these are the people I could turn to to discuss these kind of topic with. And it was a safe place in a way. And it really helped us grow our friendship by watching them. And I think just the theme of loyalty and trust, because these ladies trusted each other because they were so loyal to each other. They dated so many different guys throughout the show, but the running theme was how much they were loyal to each other. They were always there for each other through breakups and whatever it was. They were there for each other always. Yep. And I think that it introduced a concept and maybe it was because we were young and we were still in that phase where we thought, you know, we were going to go out and find our soulmates, but they talked about how their friends were their soulmates that you didn't need a man to be your soulmate. They could date anybody they wanted because they had already found their soulmates in life. Yeah. And that's definitely something kind of funny about our group of friends, right? We've all been friends for so long that for all of us, for all of us in our little group, we've known each other longer than we've known the husbands. I joked in one of our episodes that I was there first before Nick was. and <laughs> I knew you before I knew my husband, Tony. So Definitely, even in high school, in the early days, before we had boyfriends and, and husbands and stuff, we were each other's soulmate. We were each other's protector. We were each other's everything. We were each other's everything in terms of our social life. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, after all these years, after all of us getting married and all this other stuff, we're still each other's big support. I mean, our husband, of course, has a huge role in our life, right? Our husband and kids and family, but we're still so much a part of each other's lives and a big part and a significant part. So we've been so lucky. We've been so lucky to have found these soulmates, if you will, in our friends. I agree. I do feel exceedingly lucky to have all of you ladies in my life. There are moments in your life that you just wouldn't get through without the support of good friends. And I think there's just certain things that even though I do find that my husband is the person I'm closest to in the world, there are some things that he won't be able to understand, like motherhood, like pregnancy. He can sympathize. He really wants to help and he wants to be supportive, but he can never truly understand it. And so sometimes you just need a good girlfriend for the times if you're bitching about your period. He wants to make me feel better. (laughs) He wants to offer me chocolate, but he doesn't understand what I'm going through. And he recognizes that. And I recognize that for him. I'm sure there are man things that I don't (laughs) understand. And that's why you have friends in life. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think your husband or your partner and your friends play different roles in your life. Both are important and needed. But to move on a little bit to something else that I really love about the show and cannot be unsaid in a podcast about Sex and the City would be the fashion. Again, you have to look at it from the perspective of when the show was actually being created. For me, the jackets, the accessories were amazing. I remember watching, especially the later seasons of Sex and the City, where they actually portrayed New York City in the colder months. You would see all these gorgeous coats and scarves and hats. I remember the jewelries. I think I was like already in my mid twenties, maybe even late twenties, but I got myself a chi necklace, like Carrie has her <laughs> Carrie necklace. Oh yeah. It's literally in the same exact font. It's the exact same thing, but it says Chi. I still have that necklace. I don't wear it anymore, but that's how much the show means to me in terms of the accessories and the fashion. I agree. I think that it's interesting because if you go back and watch the show nowadays, the fashion is a little dated, but the way they put it together, it's very inventive. And of course, it is the skill of the the costume designer on set. But it was really fascinating looking back at it. And every time the show is updated, and that's I think one of the things I'm very excited about for the revival is that they're going to update the fashion. And I personally enjoy watching the first movie a lot. Guilty admission. Typically, if I'm having a Sex and the City craving, I will just watch the first movie again because it's just kind of a self-contained two-hour block where you get to hang with the ladies again and enjoy that friendship, but everything kind of tied up in one tight story. Versus if you go back and watch an episode, you might want to watch another episode (laughs) and it's never ending. But also because the fashion is more updated. But the main thing that I loved about the fashion in the show is I really identified with Carrie's love of shoes her love of shoes, I totally understood. And she has never been a shoe girl. Yes, it's true. When I was loving on shoes, she was loving on purses. (laughs) (laughs) But man, that woman wore some beautiful shoes in that show. (laughs) Yeah, I think you had a pretty good collection of shoes. And I had a pretty good collection of clutches because of all the different clutches Carrie would have. I do love the handbags. I'm trying to wean myself off of that addiction, but <laughs> it's very hard. And I feel like this new Sex in the City series is going to be a trigger point where I'm going to start <laughs> collecting clutches again or something. Yeah. And I do want to touch point on this. In recent years, like I mentioned earlier, there's been talk about the show not holding up well and how it's dated and how there are things about the show now that wouldn't be accepted. And I just want to say that I totally understand that. However, I view cinema as it was relevant for its time. It's almost like going back historically and watching what people actually thought in the 90s and recognizing that it's not up to date, that it's not acceptable in today's climate. And that's okay. But there are things I still believe about the show that did well, that held up well, that I thought it was a forerunner of its times, like feminism, which... Again, some people, there's been an argument, I think a little back and forth about whether it was feminist or wasn't feminist. And without getting deeply into that debate, I, in the 90s, thought 
thought that the show was very feminist. Back in the 90s, it was not accepted for women to be sexually liberated. It was not accepted that we talk about dating 10, 20, 30, 40 men or sleeping with all of them. And it really opened, I felt, a lot of doors for women to be on equal footing with men about those kind of subjects. It pushed the envelope of what was acceptable for women to do, to talk about. And that to me is feminism because feminism to me is equality between a man and a woman. That whatever a man does that is socially acceptable should also be socially acceptable for a woman. And that is a theme that the show carried throughout its seasons that I, to this day, think was really well done. What about you? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just to give some example, I think the two that comes to mind, there's an episode where Miranda buys her own apartment. And the whole time, the realtor, the closing agent kept asking her, wait, are you doing this by yourself? Is there a boyfriend? Is there a husband? Is your dad giving you the down payment? And the whole time she keeps saying, no, it's just me. And so I think you know, obviously New York real estate is expensive. And that's part of the reason why people were wondering how she's able to do it on her own. But on the other hand, just the fact that a single woman was going to go out and buy her own place, she wasn't just going to rent and wait to see if she was going to get married or find a husband first before they choose a place. No, she was just going to buy her own place because she was at a place in her life where she was successful enough to do it. Yep. So that was one that I think really speaks to how the show does promote feminism for its time. And then the other one, maybe and not as popular, I guess, would be the whole Burger and Carrie relationship. You remember that guy? He was also a writer. Mm-hmm. And in the end, his insecurities caused him to break up with her on a post-it note. Yep. But I think there was a part in the show where she said something like, yes, I make more money and I shouldn't have to apologize for it. And I'm completely paraphrasing there, but that was kind of the spirit of it. And again, it's like, we shouldn't have to apologize or feel bad if we happen to be in a relationship with a guy who makes less and he shouldn't feel so insecure about himself that that would be a threat if his girlfriend or his wife makes more money. So yeah, that's another one that I have to say would be the two example I could give in terms of feminism in the show. I definitely agree. I was a homeowner very young and I specifically remember that Miranda moment you're talking about because I did relate to it. So that brings us to I kind of the last thing I kind of want to talk about. The revival is coming out. Are you super excited? Are we going to zoom watch the revival? <laughs> For sure. I probably put that out there to a few of our friends, but I am so excited. Mostly, of course, to catch up to the characters again. But like you, I'm excited to see the fashion, the updated stuff that they're going to do. The thing that I'm going to be so heartbroken about is Samantha not being a part of the show. I have no idea how they're going to handle that. I'm trying to trust that they will do a good job. They will do right by Samantha and how they're going to write her out of the show but I don't know if it will be the same, honestly. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. I'm excited, but I'm nervous at the same time. What about you? I mean, Samantha is one of your favorite characters. How do you feel? I agree. I am gutted that Samantha is not going to make it back into the show. I also understand and honor the fact that Kim Cattrall doesn't want to come back. 
for the revival. It does make me feel sad. I think that the drama behind the scenes has been playing out so much in recent years, but I'm glad that she feels comfortable enough now to speak her truth and say, I did not enjoy working with these women and I will not be back. And for me, I can separate the story, the, hey, on-screen friendship from the real-life drama between the actresses because that's why you watch TV shows and movies, right? It's a fantasy world. And I get that. But of course, as a fan, a part of you is always sad that the women aren't actual friends in real life. While I'm sad about it and I will miss Samantha, I'm still excited about the revival. And because we've been talking about how the show hasn't dated well some of the themes, my personal hope is that they do better this time. And now the women are in the new millennia. And even though they're older, they're in their 50s, I want to see the show do a little better with today's themes. Yeah, I'm kind of like you. I would have loved to see 64-year-old Kim Cattrall being sexy, embracing her age, her body, and still saying that it's perfectly okay for women to be of a certain age and still be top of your game, if you will. Specifically, I'm excited to see how they're going to portray the ladies in their 50s with relationships and family and career. And if we're going to see growth in even their friendship. (laughs) Yep, I agree. Again, we've reached the end of today's episode of Easier with a Friend. We hope you had fun tuning in today. And thank you so much for listening. A small reminder, if you've enjoyed listening, call, email, or text a friend today to say you're thinking about them and start a meaningful conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com.